0: You can be a baby bird, but you've still got to grow. Your mother will take care of you and feed you in her nest. Going to be the endothermic vertebrae that's the best. Du- 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 chi- 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 birds, 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 I'm really into birds. Lick John! Just come on, Dargo, just lick John! Welcome to Scape Chats, episode 40. I'm Alan, and is that my co-host Magellan I hear? Screaming for MERCY! What? (laughs) You gotta watch the episodes, folks. Uh, This week, we watched season 4, episodes 8 and 9, I Shrink, Therefore I Am, as well as, A Prefect Murder. I Shrink was written by Christopher Wheeler, directed by Roan Woods, and it aired August 2nd, 2002, in the United States we got a shrinking episode, finally, I guess. <laughs> uh, thank God. <laughs> it took us long enough. Did we need uh, one?
1: No. Um, <laughs> this is... Uh, this episode and a prefect murder, I feel like the way that you ingest them changes based on your pace of consuming the show. Like, if I was watching the show week to week when it was coming out, uh, and... I shrink came on, I'd be like, wh- wh- I want a good Farscape episode. Not that this is bad, but you want more. But if I'm like, you know, watching Farscape all in one go, and today I'm going to watch three episodes, and tomorrow I'm going to watch another two, like, then this episode's fine. You know, I have no issue with it. It's like, oh yeah, it's a fun shrinking one. I remember eating Cheetos during that so it's like so it's so not good and not bad that it's very susceptible to the circumstances under which you interpret
0: it i think right yeah it's my thing is that i watched this one a couple days ago and then i watched a prefect murder last night because well i started this one late and also uh it doesn't like it didn't make me want to watch more most of the time when we watch really yeah. interesting Farscape episodes I'm like, "Oh, I can't wait to jump in and see what's next." Like I I want to be dragged along and excited by every moment. But you watch Eye Shrink, and you're like, "Well, that was nice, I guess." I guess it's aggressively fine.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good point that Thank you don't
0: you're not hungry for another Farscape episode after you watch this. Exactly. And yeah. so cuz basically all that happens is that the crew gets invaded by the bad guy of the week which is mm-hmm. a, b- a bunch of Skarens in disguise.
1: No, it's a bunch of... I don't remember what they're called. They're like goo men inside of, of, of a metal suit, and one of them is secretly a Skaren.
0: Oh, they're called the Karishi, by the way. Karishi. And Axicor is the one who is a secretly a Skaren. You're right and thank good, you. Good. Axicor. Oh, that's a yeah, good name. Yeah, that's,
1: because that's a big... That was an aspect of... This episode that I actually really liked was the Scarin part, yeah, um, I thought that was cool, and the like the politics behind this idea that it's a group of mercenaries that's basically what they are is they're mercenaries, and they're here presumably under the guise of capturing John Crichton because of a bounty put out by Graza um and so these Carishi dudes are thinking like, oh, we're gonna get this dude and bring him back and get a lot of cash, and then it's revealed partway through that the leader of these bounty hunter guys is actually a Skarin, who's trying to instead grab John Crichton for Skarin purposes to figure out, like, whoa, what's the deal with this guy?
0: What's the deal with John Crichton? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I really liked that we're resetting our expectations for... Um, how much the Skarens know about the main crew, which is to say that they don't know much, they just know that they're important. And it is kind of a cool way to remind us and keep us abreast of the galactic conflict that's bubbling without having to deal with kind of the major Sabation players that are at this point pretty grating and have a lot of uh, baggage with them. Like if we tried to get at that, big world plot through Graza, it would just be a huge mess.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate the whole, like, reminding us about the bounty thing. Because this episode ends with a fairly interesting, like, important plot detail, which is, like... If they're basically like, hey, if this shit's going to keep happening, which in a meta way is them being like, hey, if we have to keep getting attacked by villains of the week, we should mm-hmm. probably stop being in the uncharted territories because this place has been nothing but trouble for us since yep. we got here. We need to go way deeper. And like, that's kind of like the thing at the end is when they're like, oh my God, we can't go to the, uh, what's the other one called? The like spooky, very scary space, <laughs> the very uncharted territories, if you will. Yeah. <laughs>
1: tormented space
0: that's an interest that's i keep saying interesting that's like uh, great idea and place to take the show in season four is like you know that we've been spending the whole time in the uncharted territories here's what Mm -hmm. it looks like even further deep into space like even even past where nobody goes like you're in like the nightmare zone which we're going to talk about with the next episode is like changing the tone of the episodes in a way like they're in just Mm -hmm. like complete they end up in a completely isolated communities is basically what i'm going to get at but
1: yeah, um, it's basically they're moving to. I don't know if this is a great analogy, but kind of like the the DMZ of of this conflict.
0: Oh, to- yeah, totally. Where
1: where it's like nobody really controls this area,
0: but it's just universally everyone's like, we don't we don't touch that. That's messed up. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, you were saying. Were you talking about the second episode when you were saying that those weird guys looked like Buffy people?
1: No, I was talking about this one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tell the people at home what that was. Yeah,
1: well, you got to really... I know we talk Buffy a lot. Uh and also talk a lot about how much we talk about Buffy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, at this point, right. (laughs) But have you seen the episode I, Robot, Eugene? Classic.
0: Classic. uh,
1: Similarly titled episode to I Shrink, Therefore I Am. Kind of, not really. Um, And in it, there's like a demon and... It's a, ter- a stupid, dumb episode that I I love, but it's stupid and dumb. It's like early, the internet, and what if the internet had to do with demons and a demon like gets out of a book and gets in a computer and then puts himself in a big robot at the end of the episode? <laughs> and uh, imagine how stupid that would look, and that's how stupid these dudes look in their suits, or they look like they look like villains from a like a a bionicle movie or something Mm. (laughs) it's just like it's just like weirdly over the top robo baddies very
0: chrome very like busy armor the bad guy from that episode's name is moloch by the way please get it right moloch the corruptor (laughs) yes uh i'm so sorry yeah magellan and i went to the mall recently and we walked into the lego store and the first thing he did was he looked around and he looked to his left and looked to his right and he said do they still have? Do they like have any Bionicle stuff in here? <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on!
1: I know it's been a, they're old, but I loved them.
0: We'll do a live commentary on Isle of Dreams or whatever the Bionicle movie, <laughs> Bionicle Two or whatever it was. People, just Google Bionicle, and if you uh, were, like, from our exact corner of childhood <laughs> Lego fandom, yeah. then...
1: We'll do know. a drinking game for the Mask of Light.
0: Yep, that's the one. And then, oh, yeah, and then we'll do a playthrough of Legends of Metru Nui, or whatever, for the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> God, is dumb. I loved it. Freling loved it. Oh, my God. Metru Nui. Uh, I had... Ugh, we're gonna... No, we're not gonna talk about it. (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, Dargo and Aaron, this is the first, like, funny moment of the episode to me, was when they were like, we really... They're, like, both tied up, and they're like, we really need to negotiate. And they're like, yes, let's negotiate. And then they both just yell in their own languages, which... mm, Yeah. mm, (laughs) I guess they can turn it on and off. They don't have to, like... uh,
1: Yeah, that... Doesn't make sense.
0: (laughs) It certainly does not.
1: (laughs) Doesn't. Although... I guess I need to just get off get off that whole topic because this episode gives us that scene that basically says like shut the frill up yeah with your issues.
0: You have the Rigel scene that everyone was telling us about.
1: Yeah, I mean we might as well just talk about that real quick. Yeah. So a big plot point of this episode is the fact that these bad guys okay mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm, bad mm-hmm. they keep people hostage <gasps> in order to get John Crichton to turn himself in. Right, And then there's a point where it's like, well, you know, John, you've pushed us to this point. Now we have to use our secret technique. And it's not that they torture people or kill them. It's that they shrink people to a very small size and put them in a little tiny capsule inside their chest. <laughs> it's like, well, now if you kill me, your friends are your tiny
0: little people inside me. That's going to be a big issue. <sighs> it's such a <laughs> it's weird, plot so shirt. so weird. I love that's so Farscape. that's my favorite Disney Channel show. Yeah. Also, um no, because I liked it. It's just it's yeah, it's bizarre. The the background info basically is like yeah, we did that because of like convenience. Like we needed the enemies to have like an excuse of like don't kill me because of X, and we wanted to try shrinking stuff. <laughs> and, like they just like it all yeah, right place, right time. Kind of solves
1: thing. all the story problems you could mm-hmm. want it to solve it's just then you have this big gaping hole that it scientifically makes zero sense and you have Sokozu so that scene is between Rigel and Sokozu Correct. who are sharing a capsule basically the capsules work out where it's like two people in each one so Rigel and Sokozu are in one Chiana and Aaron are in another one then Dargo's in one and eventually Scorpius is added in with him Yep. Um, and Sokozu's there and she's like okay I, I can't be shrunk down that can't be what it is right it's not scientifically possible um do you want to read this scene man I do I do I do
0: okay how about I'll be Sokozu because I like to be the woman and you can be Rigel yeah so we're going to do a reading of this scene starting with Sokozu Hynerian wake up
1: my name isn't Hynerian it's Rigel the 16th you may call me Domino
0: this is scarcely the time to obsess about how you've been addressed look around you
1: One more prison, so what? I've seen far worse. Do you have
0: any idea how small you are?
1: You're not exactly a giant yourself.
0: You have been reduced in size. You're hardly bigger than a filmabug now. Except except this can't be happening. Can't it? No. Oh. No. Reduction by proportionately subtracting atoms would leave our brains too simple to function.
1: So? Maybe they just made all our atoms smaller.
0: But then we couldn't bring normal-sized air molecules, don't you see? No, no, this isn't happening because it is not possible.
1: Your brain isn't functioning. Do you think this is all just a hallucination? Do you like that explanation better, hmm?
0: No, but I simply cannot comprehend how...
1: Neither can I. Mm -mm. Who cares? We're here, they did it, and that's that. You consider yourself intelligent? Yes, I I do. Then stop behaving like a child. I am not a child. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're an infant. You've studied, but you haven't experienced. You know nothing of life. And you do? I've been around long enough to know how ignorant I am. I don't assume the universe obeys my preconceptions.
0: Ha! But I know a frelling fact when it hits me in the face. And that line... That's a great. That's one of the best li- Rigel lines. I've been lo- around long enough to know how ignorant I am. I don't assume the universe obeys my preconceptions. Like yeah. he is so. It, it's exactly that. He's been around the block enough to just be like, I don't even. I don't even question it when this stuff happens anymore. Like this is just things are I've, weird. I've
1: seen so much.
0: Just garbage, alien bugs, lots of bugs, and more bugs. <laughs>
1: Tons of bugs. <laughs> there's,
0: there's a lot of bugs in the world, is what we're learning. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I. You know. I'm somebody who takes a lot of joy kind of sokozu kind of ha, is having fun with it uh with solving like why it can't be happening and I think I I have a similar kind of joy to breaking things logically but I respect that Farscape is coming out and saying look that's not a priority of ours as a show right we're just we're in this world where I mean, a huge important part of the way that we're viewing this world is through John Crichton and through his, I don't remember if it was one of these episodes or a a previous episode, but he, again, kind of reminds us and makes this offhand comment about how, like, everything's new to him, right? I think it was in the plant episode where Dargo's like, I've never seen something like this before. And then John was like, you know, a couple cycles ago, I'd never seen anything like you before. Um so it's a big part of Farscape that anything's possible, and that you can't you can't stick with your kind of earthly or logical preconceptions of what is and is not feasible. Yeah, and so that here's Rigel affirming that, um, and doing it in a way that develops his character because it, he him admitting ignorance uh, is a really important moment of vulnerability that also gives him power and wisdom right um yeah so i really like that i and as much as much as sorry just a quick as much as mm -hmm. rigel looks a lot like donald trump (laughs) this is something that i really wish would come out of donald trump's mouth yeah
0: that's that's an amazing point and i agree um it's I I love that we're getting this now that it's like, Hey, you've stuck with us long enough that like, we're just going to get shrunk. They have a shrinking machine. They put us into their heads. It's weird. It's far escape. Get used to it. Everything's weird. Life is weird. And at its core, we can't keep questioning things. And I like that message out of this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's another really funny line talk, speaking of, of like uh, changing the way that we preconceive how things work, where, you know, John's talking to Scorpius. I think this is a little earlier actually. And, uh, He's talking about, like, oh, I don't know, like, how did Scorpius get out? Like, Scorpius is one of the few people who's out of his prison cell while everybody else is, like, getting captured. And he's like, oh, what is it, a, a quinky dink you're running on the loose? And then Scorpius is like, the only reason I escaped capture is because the bounty hunters don't know I'm here. By the time they got to my cell, I wasn't in it. And he's John's like, wait, how did, did we forget to lock the door? And then Scorpius is like, the cell door was wholly inadequate. John says, what are you saying? You opened it with your bare hands. And Scorpius says... Gloved, mm-hmm. gloved hands, yes. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> the sassiest Scorpius we've ever seen. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll throw you. I just loved, go away.
1: I loved Scorpius in this episode. The whole John Scorpius dynamic was so fun. I know. Oh, my God. Because um, it's the whole time uh, John gives his stupid plan, and then Scorpius has this look of, these these guys
0: beat me? These guys, of
1: all the people, these guys doing this stuff ruined my life
0: it's yeah he's so beyond them and we've talked about this previously but it's just like oh my god scorpius is living on the plant on a ship full of dinguses seriously yeah um and i hope to see more of that and in like the funny ways and not just the like not trusting scorpius ways because we get plenty of that in the series episodes um (laughs) speaking of not serious though one of my last notes here is that no one really talks about it, but Naranti basically spends this entire episode in space. <laughs> because early on she's with Why not? At, yeah, right at the beginning she's with John and he's like, "All right, uh I were like the two it starts with the two of them on a ship and they call the they call pilot and mm-hmm. pilot's like, "Oh, everything's fine and everyone's" That seems kind of funny where he's like, "Everyone's being yeah. them." Let me, yeah.
1: I'd love to just read that cuz yeah. it is um, such a a a really fun and well written moment. Also, as I'm looking through this transcript, I'm saying that again. John is randomly using Spanish yep. for no
0: reason. One of the last lines I have uh, here is the Spanish line. Yeah, yeah, just fun.
1: Um, yeah. So, pilot John calls him up. Pilot's like Crichton, uh, and then he's like, "Unfortunately, nobody's able to assist you at the moment." Um, and then John says, "Well, what are they doing? Watching Jeopardy? Get them off their butts." Let me talk to Captain James T. Dargo and then uh mm-hmm. says something, who cares? Pilot says Ka Dargo is currently helping Rigel with his laundry. <laughs> and Aaron's writing some poetry. <laughs> and then John's catching on. Uh-huh. What about Chiana mm-hmm. and Sokozu? Enjoying each other's company. <laughs> Preparing a meal for everyone but Rigel. He's <laughs> That's the not part. hungry. <laughs> Uh, Hilarious, (laughs) first of all, very funny. Second of all, very cool. Third of all, scary. There's a lot that's happening for the audience in that exchange because we know so much about Pilot, about John, about every character that's being mentioned. That's just, again, an example of, like, if you invest in your characters, then you have so much return on, like, concepts that you can mine for any kind of emotional response and sometimes competing or paradoxical emotional emotional responses at once.
0: That's wow, that is a good point. I didn't really think of it when I watched that, when I watched that scene, but it is definitely like a, the audience knows that pilot is being hurt because the guy pulls out the weapon during that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is weird, and like, oh, something isn't right, and we know how John deals with finding out that the ship isn't right, is he's like, kind of throws himself into danger and throws people out of the way, so that's why he's like, Naranti, just go, uh, take like a capsule and put yourself in the vacuum, and there's like literally scenes later where the villains are monologuing, and she's just in the background, like, floating through space, pretty subtle, pretty hilarious, um, and then, yeah, it's like, you're hearing, at the same time, you're hearing Pilot kind of subtly be like, hey, I'm going to tell you this stuff because they told me to be normal, but you know that some of this stuff is nonsense. I just, you need to get here. Like, they're communicating subtly through that stuff. Uh, it's all really well done. I thought that part was, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's up?
1: Oh, I just, there are only, like, three other things I really want to talk about in this episode. Rocket. You might have more stuff, but. It might be similar things. I have a couple. Yeah, similar things. Um. I'm we'll talk about Chiana real briefly and her
0: premonition power. She was blind for most of this episode and then continued blind to be, be blind the for episode. the rest of it, the next one. Yeah. I think, I like that. The continuity like of her blindness. Con- yeah.
1: Continuity and that there's consequences for the power. Mm. But they're, they're like totally retconning it at this point. Like it's no longer even, it doesn't feel like there's any premonition to it anymore. It's just that now she can slow down time.
0: Well, doesn't she see something like she knows the code to unshrink or whatever because she saw ahead?
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But it yeah. I mean at this point it's kinda indistinguishable. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, um but I d I definitely love the continuity stuff. I, I really when we get to talking about a prefect murder, we're gonna there's a line in there where she tells a character, like, I've been blind for a little while now and they're like, Stop. Stop using this power. That's a terrible idea. You're gonna be permanently blinded. <laughs> yep. Every time you do it, you're you're pulling the trigger yeah and it doesn't help that much um yeah but yeah that's that's what that was well yeah
1: not much to say about that just they're using it that's cool mm-hmm. um scorpius had a really interesting exchange with the scarin i thought the scarin looked awesome oh yeah i thought the scarin looked really cool
0: he was and then yeah.
1: seeing scorpius be like oh i hate you guys die you guys are the worst." The, cool reminder of what Scorpius has at stake here. Exactly. He,
0: that's the first flat-faced Scaron to appear on Farscape, which is a good mm-hmm. bit of trivia from the wiki. Axicor looks like Doomsday, right? That's that's what yeah. they're getting at. Like the DC villain. Yes. yes. Good. Thank you. Uh huh. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I just looked at him and was like, oh, he's like a weird like scar- scarred-up Doomsday in a metal suit. The DC mm-hmm. character, if people don't know, but yeah.
1: Yep. And then... All the other stuff I have left that I want to talk about is just kind of the end scene, the climactic fight and stuff. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have stuff before that?
0: Just one, or maybe two. Dargo has that really great line where, (laughs) or what's it called? Chiana says, we'll do. The Dreadnought says some stuff in another language. Scorpio says, the Dreadnought signals it won't risk traveling to Moya, not with a command carrier in the area. Dargo says, that's good. Scorpius says, he's been ordered to make his own way off Moy and to rendezvous with the Dreadnought elsewhere. Dar- Dargo says, well, that's bad. <laughs> Which is <laughs> <looking> on point. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> well, that's I bad. love
1: that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> he's so... Yeah.
0: He knows how to handle a crisis, for sure. Mm-hmm. Or he knows how to worry in a crisis. Yeah. Uh, and then he there's a one small step for man uh line in here somewhere and then you know that's like toward that's like the very end that's the last scene i think mm-hmm. he's remind me to shave one more small step for man eh, donde la cucaracha? and you're like john stop <laughs> yeah quit it stop <laughs> you're weird but yeah those mm-hmm. were the last two notes i had so let's talk fun um stuff. yeah i
1: just uh, i thought the fight was cool the idea of constantly shrinking and growing over the course of a fight yeah. I think that's a really rad idea and it was well choreographed. Um the whole Aaron riding in on a DRD
0: part wasn't necessary. They, that was really odd. The background info says that they cut a ton of that and what we got yeah. was like a very small slice of it, but yeah. It's like she came in and then it's like ah Yeehaw. yeah. <laughs> um
1: yeah, but I thought the fight was cool or at least a very cool idea and they handled it decently.
0: Yeah, and then the, the final, final scene is when they're talking about the the tormented space. Um, we should bring up now, because it's a pretty big deal that we haven't actually talked about on the podcast yet. Uh, John is self-medicating, um, and it's getting kind of serious, slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Naranti gave him a drug, I believe, last episode, if not a couple episodes ago, and said, hey... Or she like mentioned it in what was lost, I think, and that he didn't start taking it until recently. But mm-hmm. uh, it's basically like when he takes it for the next like uh, however many like hours or whatever, arns—that's the word. Uh, he doesn't think about Aaron. He doesn't think about the like pregnancy. He doesn't think about his problems. Yep. And it's it's as simple as that. And right, I mean, right now we keep seeing it happen, but we never we haven't seen the consequences yet. That's gonna blow up in his face real badly. Oh,
1: it's gotta blow up in his face definitely totally well because you he like it almost seems painful physically painful to him when he starts to remember and think about these things yeah before he takes the the drug again that idea of self-medication i didn't even think about it that way but that's a very good point
0: right he's just like well uh, this is a problem that i don't have the time to deal with right now i'm gonna keep putting this off until i can handle it definitely can't right now because we have a lot of shit going on but uh snort 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 it's like these little like black bugs kind of things and he gets a little time off that's yeah the idea of like space drugs i usually don't like and i think that a lot of tv shows handle like drug abuse terribly but i do appreciate that it's that's why i said we definitely have to bring it up right now uh it's because uh, at least for now they're still handling it with a pretty delicate touch and they haven't like gotten into the consequences of the abuse yet but
1: yeah, it seems like the white, right way to do it where the early stages it's kind of an afterthought. And yeah. you're like, "Oh, that that's weird." Oh, well, now we got to deal with uh, you know, robo robot guys. Robo boys. Robo boys. I was trying to think of a hilarious thing to call them and I I'm out.
0: Oh, you are hilarious. Don't ever forget that.
1: Oh, thank you. They look like those kind of remote controlled robot dogs that were a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With the, like, the LED eye lights? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always wanted one of those. They were too expensive.
1: I had one. It, they don't work. You get bored of it yeah. pretty quick.
0: Yeah. It's the kind of thing you'd find in a Brookstone, which we also went to in that aforementioned uh, a Brookstone. mall. Brookstone.
1: It's the kind of thing that you'd find at a sharper image er, before yeah. that place died.
0: Is there no more sharper image?
1: That went out of business.
0: And it became the Brookstone, at least in our mall, I guess.
1: Well, a different spot in the mall. but Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: But yeah, then, yeah. Oh, RIP, the shopper image.
1: Let's see if you can figure out where our mall is based on all of <laughs> our con- our clues. It has a Lego store and a Brookstone.
0: <laughs> oh, it's the Every Mall. Oh. Ah. It doesn't have a roller coaster. There you go.
1: <laughs> it's an, it narrows it for you.
0: Good luck. John. Uh, be weird and read me the background information, please. I, I don't have will anything else to say about it. this. I, I have... will do it. Blair, I have nothing else to say about this mediocre episode. Okay.
1: Background information. Originally, the aliens were going to be the size of refrigerators, and the characters would be placed inside them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that reads like a joke. That reads like a funny, like, fake partscape <laughs> fact.
1: I just hear that. I read that as, like, they were going to be shaped yep, yep. like refrigerators. I can't not
0: read it like that. <laughs> Did... <laughs> like opening up the <laughs> icebox to be like, John, down, cry John, cry down, John, cry down.
1: David Kemper came up with the idea of the miniaturization ray as it solved a number of practical problems, including the audience being able to see the crew when they were captured. Okay.
0: Yep. That it's, makes it's, sense. Yeah, that's what we were saying a minute ago.
1: The scene with Aaron's son on a DRD had to be shortened when Claudia Black fell ill. That's the scene we we're talking about. Uh, yep. This is the first appearance of the Skaren ruling cast. In light of their higher intelligence, Dave Elsie nicknamed them Brain Scarins.
0: What about Karens? What if there? What if it was a whole race of people named Karen? <laughs> That's funny to me and no one else because I know a Karen in real life. That's all right. We make jokes here on Scape chats. Go on with your with your your shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Keep doing your show. Yeah. Uh, Duncan Young played Emperor Stalik in later episodes. After seeing how well he took the makeup here, producers cast him for the latter role and digitally altered altered his voice for this episode. Don't need to look at that guy Whoops. that they just mentioned. Basically, it's another Scarin' man. So he's no, going oh, e- another
0: Scarin' later. Yeah, I looked. I shouldn't have looked. I didn't read, but I just saw his face. And I'm like, nope, that's... Yep, you should... Don't say that. Don't look at that name, people who haven't watched the show before. That's a big name.
1: Mhm. Uh The flashing eye lights indicating which Hunter was speaking were inspired by the Daleks of Doctor Who. So that, I think, is the biggest thing that reminded me of the robot dogs, like you said.
0: Oh, the lights, like, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Both Ben Browder and Wayne Pigram objected to Crichton giving Scorpius a loaded weapon, leading to the change. The two developed a rapport based on that in the Lethal Weapon film.
0: Oh, yeah. That was one of the scenes that you were, like, you were saying you liked their whole interactions where he like gives him a gun. And then Scorpius is like, ha, I have a gun. And it's empty. And he's like, Crichton, really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I could have died, man. I was uh, like, that's Jim the point.
1: Henson's, yeah. Jim Henson's creature shop had numerous discussions with safety officers to ensure that the weapons in the Karishi gloves would not cause real
0: harm. Guys, okay. we're not going to really shrink people down. <laughs> I promise.
1: <laughs> Naranti becomes the latest Moya crew member to survive a sojourn into the deep vacuum without a spacesuit after Dargo, Crichton, and Rigel.
0: <laughs> it's a seasonal tradition now. I think that was one per season. I might be well, wrong.
1: Was Rigel, or was it just his butt? Uh,
0: no, I could have sworn it was his whole thing. I don't know, sense. but he was definitely into yeah, he was definitely in deep space without air.
1: when Aaron, Dargo and Rigel start negotiating, they appear to begin speaking their own languages.
0: Ooh, that's not background info, that's facts,
1: yeah, but that also that doesn't make any sense
0: in trans microphones true. I guess that's why they that's why they say it yeah this Dargo's one sorry, tongue. sorry guys this yeah, one yeah. At, at people at home. this is my favorite piece of background info. <laughs>
1: Dargo's tongue demonstrates a new ability retrieving small items
0: (laughs) that was really fun Uh, yeah he gets like the keys or something
1: when aaron is reduced in size and is viewed lying on the floor from above her magnetic cuffs are missing despite them clearly being shown right before being miniaturized okay
0: good job you found a continuity error good job
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i yeah i am a mix of like i really care about errors of logic in the world but i do not care very much about continuity errors. I aggressively in terms don't of like props.
0: Yeah, yeah, I aggressively don't care about continuity errors. Well, because as soon as you start to learn about how TV is made, you're like, it's hard. It's hard to keep that all that stuff because you yeah. don't you don't have all of that like locked in and like oh we kept an eye on every prop and stuff. They try, but it's hard.
1: Yeah, like look, like the amount of liquid in a glass, like you're what you're gonna constantly measure that and keep track of that,
0: right? Or like with food and stuff, that's impossible. Yeah. I think it it, it is definitely possible for us to uh, send it to the Moya bag. Um, Honest to goodness, it's going to be me this time, folks. Yay! I'm going to tell you fun stories that you wrote in, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a prefect murder. Hello, Scape Chats listeners. It's me, Alan, here for the Moya bag for episode 40 of Scape Chats. It feels like it's been a while since I've done one of these, and I'm very excited to get right back into reading your feedback and comments. Starting with Twitter... We have a memo from. Who says, regarding natural election, I enjoy this episode, it's pleasant, and your episode is also pleasant. I like to think that we're more than pleasant, I like to think that we're incredible, but hey, to each their own. Dargo is fun, finally, whereas the ladies are all dramatic. Props to Rayleigh Hill, Tiny Redheaded Bay. Also, Whedon and Bechtel with Naranti. Completely awesome, referring to both our Whedon test and the popular Bechtel test. Scorpius, cross to is so interesting and to me kind of unexpected, but it develops so well. Just wait until Peacekeeper Wars. Damn. They also appreciated that I called Naranti the old lady stoner and said that that is perfection, and then asked us why wouldn't Jon vote for Eren? Like, Pilate would vote for Eren, but I wouldn't judge Dargo for voting for himself. I don't- I really don't think that Dargo would vote for himself. I just don't think he is self-confident enough for that, but maybe. Uh, it's- a question of like is he you know confident in his own skills enough to do that and also is john confident enough in where aaron is at in that point in the episode that he would vote for her i'd like to see what other people think about that maybe Uh, aaron is really distant but that doesn't go away for a while she's distant because she's recovering and then she's distant for other reasons and then she's less distant for plot reasons and it all gets resolved in way later Regarding John Quixote, I love this one a lot. It's crazy, but I agree. The pacing is strange and it messes around mood-wise. And now you see why I wanted to do this one in relation to Meltdown. And yeah, it is equally weird, if not even more so. Ben Browder, right in Sonics. Ugh, I almost said Sonics for some reason. There's also an old fanfic that is the entirety of Premiere in Sonnet form. Good stuff. Moments. Big Z, Great name is low-key wonderful. Also, Rigel farting fire is thrilling, amazing, and hilarious. Aside from Princess Erin, flamethrower Rigel, and the ensuing parking lot scene, is my favorite. Ben Browder is the only writer on Farscape whose episodes have gone under budget. Is that entirely true? Like, can people confirm or corroborate that? Because that's like very interesting to me uh that this is the type of show where they don't ever need to go under budget because they know that it's like a big production and requires a lot of moving parts and so going under budget is like an accomplishment i'm curious zon is back and omens cried several times thank you for your memo and we appreciate it every week next up we have a tweet from angela scrangela my name Who says, I'm not even gay, but John Quixote solidified Claudia Black as my woman crush. We are going to be so happy together. And then they included a picture of uh, that like sassy, sexy face that she makes uh, when she's the princess in that episode. It's good stuff. She makes us all question who we are. It's beautiful. Next is the return of Enstatic Dax.
1: I put a shot to your sister.
0: He says, I totally remember Existence. It was one of my favorite movies way back in the day. Haven't seen it in years, though. I also haven't seen it in years, but for me, it's more like six years. Uh, I didn't adore it, but I thought it was really interesting and weird. And I don't like when most filmed media tries to tackle like talking about video games and and how we get immersed in things like that. But Existence in particular does it in a very unique way. They also said that they remember watching Max Headroom when it aired and was bummed that it didn't last. Uh, and then finally, uh, Angela Scrangelagin came back and sent us a link to an interview, I believe, where Claudia Black is talking about John Quixote and the accent. And I will put that link in the episode description so that everyone can see it. Because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it's very good. No emails this week. We're Y'all are slacking on emails, folks. Come on now. We have a guest next episode, so make sure to send in things about that, about unrealized realities for our guests. Finally, we have our Reddit thread. Over at reddit.com slash r slash Farscape, Blue Blaze Spear comes in with a brand new bumper. Knew- he says, I never understood John's foray into Spanish, but it does pop up again, annoyingly. Alan, you wanting to see an entire episode of a cartoon where it's dark and you see the eyes reminded me of a show that used to be on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim called Sea Lab 2021. It spoofs a 70s cartoon, but you made me think of an episode called Fusebox, where for 8 minutes of the 11 minute episode, we just have an outside shot of a dark C-Lab and we listen to the crew arguing about trying to get the lights back on. It's ridiculous, but it works. I've de- I've heard of C-Lab 2021, and that's definitely the kind of episode that I want to see, and is getting at the idea that you don't need to show what's happening for it to be like interesting and funny. You can just have a shot and be like, eh, stuff's happening the john aaron stuff through this stretch of episodes seems weird uh they don't agree with how we feel about john quixote uh i don't think they liked it for me this is them speaking it was an extension of me never really getting on board with stark at the end of the day i think it could have been a way better episode if chiana had just hit the porn button which is so true wow i forgot about that I was also jaded by the fact that the original run came on the heels of a slew of, are we trapped in virtual reality movies like Virtuosity, the underrated 13th Floor, The Matrix, and the Alan mentioned Existence, just taking a few off the top of my head. I did watch Max Headroom as a child, and I can say that while I enjoyed it, it wasn't nearly clever or interesting as that written description of it would imply. It had a fair bit of satire, some of which probably went over my head as a kid, but it wasn't doing anything groundbreaking or subversive. I'd also suggest if you like shows like that, the likes of Auto Man. Blue Thunder, The Phoenix, and Manimal. The one thing that did work for me and Quixote was the Chiana switch when they went back in. That was a nice touch, and it was great to see Zahn make an appearance. There wasn't much other than that to this episode that left a positive impression. Next week's I Shrink is an okay episode. I enjoy some of the Scorpius and John stuff. A Prefect Murder is my least favorite episode of the season, right down there with the poorly placed Twice Shy. Overall, I'd say we're in the bad arc of Season 4, where they kind of meander aimlessly. Domain101 responds saying that uh, their time on the Dog with Two Bones episode, n- they mentioned that John being left adrift after Moya was swallowed was an indicator of how the first half of Season 4 would be thematically. They all feel aimless, even Scorpius. Uh, Radimus Prime 42 amazing username by the way, says, Would the crew even hear Crichton speaking other languages? I always figured he did it because he knew no matter what he spoke, the language would get translated. Which is a good point. I don't think that they would hear him speak a different language. Domain says, This has always been my impression of translator microbes and why I suspect that they colonize in the brain. It's less about translating auditory sounds and more about translating intent. Whether you're counting down in English, Spanish, or Luxon, they are not translating sounds. This would explain why species that have never encountered translator microbes would still find them functional, like humans or the pathfinders, because the microbes don't have to learn a language to operate. They just have to become aware of each species' brain chemistry, admittedly also difficult. And I would also explain why injecting lower creatures like the Vork was unsuccessful because despite making noises, they lacked the higher intelligence necessary to communicate intent. Just my nerd theory. We're never going to stop redefining and uh, filling in the blanks of our translator microbes' grand theories, and I love it to death. We're going to do it till the very end, folks. Ranus finally replies, If they work anything like Babblefish, which I always just accepted that they did, because like the song goes, if you're wondering how he eats and breathes and other science facts... Just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. You should really just relax. Then they would feed on brainwaves picked up by the electrical nervous system of the brain and basically excrete poop that remains out telepathically. Thank you to everyone who uh, commented in the Reddit thread. Um, if I didn't say it already, you can email escapechats at gmail.com and uh, I'm going to turn it over to the rest of this discussion and we're going to get to a prefect murder and then next week is a guest episode. So thank you for listening and enjoy the discussion. And we're back. The second episode that we watched this week was A Prefect Murder, which was written by Mark Saraceni, directed by Jeff Bennett, and it aired August 9th, 2002, (laughs) in the US. You love Jeff Bennett, just because you know a Jeff Bennett.
1: I did this last time. I just know a guy named Jeff Bennett, who's like a very funny guy, and it's so ridiculous to me to think of him as directing something, but I can't, nobody else can enjoy that. It's right. like your Karen thing,
0: well, yeah, exactly, uh he's gonna direct two more episodes later in the season, so you get to enjoy that joke two more times. I get to laugh a couple <laughs> more times, thank God its yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, after that, no more laughing, please, uh, I'm gonna start this time by saying that okay. I watched this episode a lot because I like to turn it to you most times like at the beginning. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I thought a prefect murder was just it was like it, this one, okay, so like. I Shrunk, I shrank. Shrink Shrunk, what is it called? I Shrink, You Shrink? It's called Shrink Shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's called and <Shrinkin'> Shrunkums, <laughs> a new toy from Hasbro. Say,
1: Billy, what are you watching? Oh, it's just Shrink Shrunk, the latest episode of Frup. Frap.
0: Frug, Frug Frap! <laughs> Derek Frug Frap, my favorite film critic. <laughs> oh, Deep Cuts, Deep Cuts? <laughs> um... Uh, what's it called? No, yeah, a prefect murder. Uh, I shrunk shrinkles was like a fine episode. And then a prefect murder is like, no, this is a different show. You're doing a good episode of a worse show. This is a very competent episode of a not Farscape show. Cause yeah. I, we've learned over time that the bad off ship episodes are the ones where they imply that Team Moya is competent enough to solve another planet's problems. That's Jeremiah Crichton. Yeah. That's like so much of that stuff where it's like, no, you guys don't get to fix things. Like, that's not how democracy works or politics.
1: Yeah. I got some vibes of like, thank God it's Friday again. Yeah,
0: totally. That was the other example yeah. I was thinking of. So uh, I guess, what did you think of it then? That's a good question.
1: I'm trying to wrestle in my head right now, which one I liked watching more. Mm, okay. Um, And I don't know. I think because... It was so clear that this was, like, inconsequential and separate. It was easier for me to forgive the fact that it wasn't a great episode. Whereas with I Shrink, it's like, we're on the ship. Okay, we're dealing with... Everybody's here. uh, There's some bounty stuff going on. There's some ties to the larger plot. And then, boom, out of nowhere, hey, we're going to shrink everybody. And it's like, oh, no. I didn't want this to happen in my episode. So, I think I expected more and was let down later in the course of the episode for Shrink than this episode Um, so it's hard to judge which one I did or didn't like more I think there's some conceptually interesting stuff happening in a prefect murder definitely it's just not anything that we needed to explore I have a big question ask it Was this episode on some, like, Majora's Mask shit, or did I imagine that?
0: Uh, How so? Maybe. Didn't it, like, repeat some stuff? Yes, it did. But it only repeated it once? Yes. Why? Uh, The first time was a vision. What? I'm almost positive the first time. You're talking about the scene where Aaron is talking to John on the communicator, and she says, like, I have a bad vibe or something, and he's like, oh, she's speaking English. She meant to say vibe. That scene happens twice. I think Mm -hmm. the first time is her having an extended vision, and they don't really transition to showing that it's a vision correctly.
1: That was confusing. Yeah, it
0: was. I had to think hard about it. That's not
1: explained very well.
0: There's also a pretty significant continuity error. This one is like major plot continuity but we'll talk about it in the background info regarding john referring to aaron's mother even though this john never met aaron's mother at all mm-hmm. but we'll, that's i mean that's it i just said what we're talking about <laughs> but yeah uh okay so here's the thing i made a big effort to pay attention to this one a because i know but john was like ah oh, it's really aggressively f- decent and like uh, I barely like retained a lot of it, and it's weird and confusing. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to really try. Um, and the problem with this one, and part of the problem with I Shrunk, is Shrink, oh my god, is they don't, first of all, neither of them shows their hand until about halfway through, which is a big, big no-no for me when it comes to shows like this because it leads to me feeling like I'm no longer on the same base with the rest of the characters, like I, I feel like I'm playing catch up yeah. to the Farscape cast. And it's like, no, the way this should work is that we're a crew of weirdos watching a crew of weirdos. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to understand what they did. Cause yeah. At least, like, what they did on this planet. Because, like, a prefect murder starts with them being like, oh, we really messed up this time. And you're like, what did you do? And I didn't realize what they did until, like, several minutes in. And then the titular murder happens. And you're like, all right, I guess this is what's happening now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think this episode was just weird across the board because there wasn't really a good character for us to feel like we were on the same page with. Exactly. Because Aaron was dealing with who knows what. They've been keeping Aaron distant from us as an audience this whole season. It's an ongoing problem. John, partway through this episode, has some weird stuff happen. And also, randomly, at the beginning, he's in the chamber of the prefect, and you're like, I don't know who that is or why you're there. And then the episode starts with some bickering about Chiana's like having sex with a bunch of dudes on the planet.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Um,
1: and that, I don't know, that's an off-putting thing to me that that's how the episode's starting. Um, yeah. it's I, I totally Not because get... it's like it, it's an impossible development or that we shouldn't go there, but just... I just don't like that our in medias race cut-in is everybody being like oh god you do really messed it up this time
0: especially I love that. especially when it comes to tiana having sex because we know that that's like she doesn't feel regret about it because she's like no they were all hot and like <laughs> i was you know they were we, we were all consensual like that's how it worked but yeah. then they're like oh no but in our culture we don't do that um yeah i think that's a problem and they don't address it well enough and There's a lot of stuff that this episode like tries to tackle and then just like doesn't do anything with. It has a lot of characters. There's like basically two factions. I honestly to me it felt like I was watching a show that was in another language that was like being translated. Or like a confusing anime, you know, where you're just like, Alright, like I get it. Like there's a king and there's two factions, but what's probably happening is the old faction who doesn't want to get replaced is Sowing the seeds of doubt to make it so that he can stay in power, but mm-hmm. uh, everyone looks like Princess Leia, they all have Leia wigs like like yarn wigs of Princess Leia. ugh, it's just bananas. How much weird crap is happening, and then like yeah. Sikozu is having a secret tryst with the prince um and like kissing him that scene I, I almost had somebody walk in during that scene,
1: and I had a bunch of company
0: <laughs> over, so that was very awkward because she's like what? naked yeah it was like the most nudity i think we've seen on the show like Mm -hmm. like like actually we didn't see any like cleavage or anything but we saw like the beginning of it it was yeah i don't know how i felt about any of that
1: yeah i just i was very distant from this whole episode because of all the character stuff and then also because of the weird like is this groundhog day i thought it was going to be a groundhog day thing at first yeah and then it wasn't which was really
0: it was weird i don't know Okay. i will say a lot of people told us like hey this episode sucks and most of us hate it like, a lot of the fan base hates a prefect murder some people said it's their least favorite that kind of thing
1: so we're, oh, the whole
0: series it's up there or it's down there rather definitely a significant mm. number of people were like look out for this one this is one you're gonna hate discussing and just not enjoy and i'm like okay like i'm gonna try and enjoy it because you can't tell me what to do but <laughs> at the same time it's good to know that we're not alone in this one. It's not like people, I don't know anyone that loves a prefect murder.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't hate watching it. Yeah. I mean, I think I was, it was pretty early in the morning, so I was a little groggy, which probably helped. Um, But there have definitely been episodes that I've like, disliked watching more than this one. Um, I do, (laughs) I do think we're going to hate discussing it. I don't think we're going to necessarily mine a ton of wonderful insight out of it. But,
0: dog we're already we're already through most of my notes
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um i didn't mind it i guess yeah so
0: let's talk about some stuff that we liked i okay dargo john spends all that time in the prefect uh castle being like hey prefect what's your position on the issue and then dargo is with the other guy who's like gonna become the prefect and Mm -hmm. he's like um they're having like a before sunrise thing where they're just walking through the village and the guy's like buying fruit and stuff. And he's like, ah, good fruit. Good fruit. You know, we give it to like girls who are, you know, going to It's have like the
1: Godfather or something. Like he's walking by <laughs> and people are just <laughs>
0: tossing him fruit. Right. <laughs> it is kind of. Yeah. Uh, although doesn't the Godfather have a scene where someone gets shot in. Oh, my God. Maybe it's just that. Because that's like right before he gets killed or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's
1: basically that. It's
0: basically just the Godfather. Oh my God, this is the Godfather. You dare come to me on the day of my son's prefecture. (laughs) (laughs) I'm butchering that line, people who have seen the Godfather. Uh, Yeah, that part was good. I was just like, oh, it's nice to see Dargo doing real talk with someone. But again, I felt like I was out of it because he's talking about like politics stuff and how to rule this place. And it's like, we don't know. We're not the people to rule this.
1: Yeah. And also talking about like, hey, sorry that Shiana is just having sex with everybody. She does that. Yeah.
0: She tends to do that whole thing. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. just just
1: don't do that. I do really like Dargo as as head diplomat of or I guess John's head diplomat. But Dargo doing diplomacy is cool to see. Yeah.
0: James T. Dargo. James T. Darko, yeah. It's a little bit this is actually what so this is why I was saying it like feels like a decent episode of other shows. This is a very Star Trek episode where they like go yes. onto a planet and they're like, oh cause but the thing is the difference and the reason why Star Trek the Next Generation is one of the best shows and Star Trek is good is they like their job is to do that. Mm-hmm. Is to like be ambassadors and like, you know, follow the code and do their job when they get to a planet and not interfere, but you know, Make the changes that have to happen. The Team Moya is like their whole thing is they like suck. <laughs> they're like garbage folk who shouldn't be allowed to handle tools. And someone gave them a big gun and was like, don't shoot it. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Whoops, I shot everyone in the courtyard. That's Team Moya. Yeah. They shouldn't be teaching you, talking to people about politics.
1: Right. That's true. I think it's just tough um, when the most successful TV science fiction shows tend to have. Plots where the char- the main characters are saving something. Yeah. And then to say, we're doing a TV science fiction show and trying to figure out how to fill time. It's like, where do you go? Where do you go when the model that you're working off of is that you have a crew that's uh, benevolent and that's going to do good yeah. by people that they don't know? Right. Because um, you you have to reinvent the whole wheel at that point. Um, and they do it a lot but sometimes they just have to fall back on, we need to do an episode, and the type of episode that we can do is they're on the planet, and they're going to fix the weird thing that's going on.
0: Do you think that the writers are giving them more things to fix because we're later in the show, and we're supposed to think they're more competent now?
1: I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, It's a bit of a stretch, but... The way that they're the way that we kind of cut back in at the beginning of this episode and they have their, their tendrils in the the diplomatic goings on of this planet leads me to believe that, yeah, we're kind of supposed to believe that Moya team. Moya is now an an operational team. Um, Like they're coming in and they're organized. They're working with people. I think we're kind of supposed to see them as having their stuff a little bit more put together um i don't know that i necessarily buy it but that's kind of where that time jump is supposed to give them some legitimacy
0: i think i think that's interesting to to think the idea that they're using the like change in temporal space to be like oh stuff happened that you don't need to know but like you you just need to know that they did some work and they got some work done already and we've laid out the plans mm. and here's how it's gonna work uh and then the thing happens and then the prefect murder happens um whoopsie whoopsie aaron has a vision which may have been several scenes that repeated we might be losing our marbles like she thought she was uh where she's talking to john and then she has a vision and she sees a kid running away which they nope they didn't pay any of that off it was just a kid who was like scared i guess
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: and then uh she sees herself like shooting a diplomat she's like oh no i would never do that that's horrible and john's like no you would never do that and then she does totally do it Mm -hmm. uh and then john also does well no he doesn't not at that moment he doesn't do violent stuff but you know they spend some time being their whole plot is like why did we kill these people that's so bad oh my god no and then chiana and uh are like i we should start sex sex talk just sex chats but not in an interesting way. Like, that sounds great, but they're over there talking to Zubat. The Pokemon Zubat was the character's <laughs> name. And he's like, squeak, squeak, there's a million of me in a cave. And they're like, I don't want to squeak, squeak on you. You're going to be a king someday. But Sokozu wants to stay. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> so he dies. And they're like, oh, we should have never let the outsiders come here. They were terrible. And then they're like, we had no reason to do it. I'm just going to get through the whole episode right now. Watch me do yeah, it. Yeah, just <laughs> blaze the cat uh he's like oh we could never have done it come on (laughs) folks and they're like no but mm, we're gonna be on trial they get locked up john and uh aaron are like going to shoot each other and then uh the other plot is that there's like a yoda guy who (laughs) i don't know what he was like related to but he was a yoda guy who like had a cool chair like a
1: priest or something who advised uh the dude's dad
0: Yes, he was on that, that side, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and he is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is, I don't know what this is. Let's really figure it out, though. Like, Aaron, why don't you just, and he has that great moment, actually, where he's like, Aaron, you need to sit there. You need to figure it out. Just sit and sit in your own head and think really hard mm-hmm. about what was going on in your head when you killed that guy.
1: I was pleasantly surprised by that character because the model is that he's going to be a bad guy. Right. He just seemed and kind of looked like a bad guy. But and he's completely he, benevolent. He wasn't. He was just a guy who's like, "Get it, just get it right, yeah. get it right, figure please. yourself
0: out and go come on he so he is kind of a Yoda figure. he's kind of dago buying her uh mm-hmm. in that moment, and he talks to her his name is Eolette, nope, maybe it's not no Eolette's like the the weird Asian stereotype that's like actually the villain <laughs> right, which okay, Yeah. Whoopsie <laughs> Thanks, guys your evil's like samurai master uh. Gets these bugs called the... Like, Spagala... Scab... scaba. The I was gonna say Spagala, bugs. which is way funny. The Spaghetti Flies. They implant subtle Im- subliminal signals. And his mental powers intensify those signals. Kind of cool. Yeah. He gets the best death of this whole episode, by the way. Do you remember? What, what, what was it? Okay, so they find out, and they're like, Oh no, we have these bugs. Maybe the, this bug bit me and then made me kill this guy. Uh, he chases them. They get him cornered and fake Yoda has a saw blade in his chair, which he uses to slice that guy oh, in half. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoopsie. That part's shot really well. Cause it like, doesn't, you don't see the guy mm. and then you see him and the guy just like, is like belching blood and you're like, Blo-lo-lo-lo! it's like, it's actually has some decent restraint. It isn't like visually gory, you know? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, Yeah. So, there's stuff, stuff. I'm just going to take us home. Okay. To the end of the episode. Do it. Uh, Yeah, so, they work with this guy, priest guy, and then John's like, uh-oh, I got bit by a bug, too. That's a big problem. Cut to the prefect's like, I've been orchestrating this evil plan. <laughs> hey, Asian guy, come here for a second. You need to keep putting bugs in people's necks and doing it good. All right. Have fun. Hey, Chiana, you're our prisoner. You're in the room. Why don't you listen to all of our evil plans? Yeah, seriously. And then we're not going to do anything about you except leave you alone in the room for people to find don't you. Don't say anything. Anyway, I'm out of here. Bye-bye. Then he's out of there. Then the his dude's out of there. Chiana's there. Aaron and John are here. We're going to save you. Well, first we got to almost shoot each other a little bit. A lot of bit.
0: That scene's great. Many times. One of the best scenes of the episode.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the part of this episode that makes it worth it. Yeah, totally. Is that was legitimately tense. Um,
0: yeah. uh, what is there? There's, there's like lines in there where they're like, oh, I. I don't think I have it in me to miss again. And, he, and John's like, I'm a terrible shot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, says a lot about both of them. And that scene is actually paying off a lot of the character development where they're like, "Ugh, our relationship is already awkward and strained and we're trying to avoid each other. And now all we want to do is kill each other. Like physically, actually I want to end your life. And that's like horrible.
1: Yeah. That, that is a super, super great scene. um, Because it's carried by Ben Browder and Claudia Black, right. really selling it. But then everything else in the episode is not, not really there. So I I like all the stuff that's working towards creating that moment between Aaron and John. Um, but yeah, everything else can kind of just go,
0: go for all itself. Go for all itself. Yeah. Hey man, uh, oh, I think that's all my notes, dog. There's like a yeah, that standoff <laughs> yeah, scene dog. is pretty good. Yeah, dog, totally, dog. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, I'd like to talk about my favorite line of the entire episode, Magellan uh fine thank you thank you hello thank you (laughs) uh everyone's like freaking out like no john don't shoot her uh and then aaron's like i can't not shoot her and dargo's like you can fight it and then uh, jargo oh that's my that's my ship that's what it's called don jargo hey my name's don jargo by the way Mm -hmm. His name is technically Ka Dargo. The Netflix subtitles, which I sometimes turn on for confusing episodes so I can read what's going on, just Mm -hmm. calls him Ka. (laughs) Because they think it's his first name. So they're like, Ka says. (laughs) It's hilarious every time. Oh, my God. (laughs) So So he's like, Ka or Dargo, just knock me out. Knock me out. And he, and then like the the Dargo like hits him in the head and he's like hit me harder you big sissy which yep that's everything I wanted out of the episode okay. thank you okay. that ship has not sailed <laughs> thank you there's a great piece of
1: background info that's basically like he has a tongue that can knock people out and his go to move With is hit him yeah he totally the has
0: head. the power to just make that easy why didn't he do it yeah. lick John just come on Dargo just lick John that's just, all we want please thank you. Uh, Anthony Sinko, please be on our show. Um, the standoff scene is good. Fake Yoda has a saw blade. Shiana was blind. Oh, yeah. So that's the scene I wanted to talk about real briefly before we yeah. take it home. She's talking to what? Uh, not Yoda. Mm-hmm. Let me find that scene. Let's just call him Jared. Jared. Well, I can't control F. Jared. <laughs> I wish I could. Ah <laughs> oh, man. I'll never find it. I give up. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Peruse? Yeah, there it is. His name's Peruse <laughs> Okay, sure, why not? She's hanging out with him in like a like a marketplace bar situation. And she's like, Seriously, mm-hmm. this that's the longest this blindness has ever lasted. And he's like, Stop using the vision, Twizette. Which he made that word up, that's not a real word. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always love it when people, we talked about this on the other podcast that I'm on once recently where we were like, why do people say that certain words like pronouns and stuff aren't real? They're like, oh, that's, the, that's one of your fake words where it's like, dog, all words are fake. <laughs> There's no <laughs> such thing as a real word. Uh-huh. Uh, he says that and she says, I'm sure you'll be the first to miss me next palace coup. He's like, shoulda let the bugs eat your hide. Uh, um... It's just like some cute sass, but it reminded us like you don't have to do this. This doesn't have to be your thing. Like she's almost being forced into a role that she didn't need to have. Like like when you're, you play with like a priest in an MMO and you're like, no, you. they're like, I'm a shadow priest. And you're like, no, but you have to heal. And then someone later is like, no, you don't have to heal if you don't want to. You can do whatever you want. Just be happy, Jennifer. (laughs) Whoops. I got, I used real names. Just kidding. Jen's great. She's a good healer. Um, But yeah, that, that is a prefect murder. There isn't much else to say about it. They go home. Chiana is no longer blind and uh Sakozo doesn't want to stay with the guy because she's like hey you, her argument for why she doesn't stay is he'll be a better leader without a woman at his side <laughs> ostensibly. <laughs> she's like oh, you 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 don't really need me. I'm just going to go
1: her whole yeah. Sakozo and Chiana were not used very well in this episode at all. Precisely precisely
0: stick it to the background the
1: background information
0: magellan i no. i said that people can now people are gonna know we recorded this one on skype because we were too busy to meet in person this week (laughs) farts (laughs) oh man oh beans uh yeah read me that background info
1: yeah despite not appearing melissa jaffer naranti is credited among the guest cast for the episode good for her
0: still floating in the vacuum of (laughs) space
1: The design for Priest Parus is based on Father Jack from the UK channel, the UK's Channel Four series, Father Ted. Mm-hmm. His flying rig was designed by Jim Henson's Creature Shop and would have been adapted for Rigel the Sixteenth for a fifth season. His profile was intended to look like the Grim Reaper. Ooh, the... Father T-
0: Sorry, Father Ted is like a beloved UK sitcom. By the way, mm-hmm. the
1: locations in the Australian in the Australian bush. Used for this episode had suffered a devastating fire the prior summer, giving the episode a unique look. Mm -hmm. That's why... true. I did like the look of this episode. That's
0: what I thought you meant when you said it's on some Majora's Mask shit. I was like... Oh. hmm. Yeah.
1: The dome set was previously used for the site where Graza seduced Crichton... Seduced is a very soft word. Wrong. ...in what was lost, in the room with Dargo and the witches in John Quixote. Seduced is (laughs) not quite the right term. Precisely. The song sung by the boy beside the Prowler was sung by Guy Gross himself, the composer with digital trickery to sound younger.
0: Why not just get a kid to frowling sing it? (laughs) Why did Mm -hmm. you have to put that?
1: Mm. Though Crichton makes a reference to Aaron's mother, this Crichton never actually met her. I already said
0: that because I read the background info. Whoopsie.
1: Whoopsie. Crichton asks Dargo to knock him out, but rather than using mm-hmm. his tongue, Dargo instead just starts punching him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first episode to not take place in the uncharted territories.
0: Yeah, yeah So that, that one is why I was thinking, like, maybe that's why this one is so like democracy heavy. Is it's trying to get at this, like, oh, they're like out of the rule of a galactic federation. Maybe there, whether whether there is or is not one of those, like, this is a, a continent or whatever, a planet that rules itself and has no outside powers, and I think that's cool. The show does not play with that at all. It's just a thing I picked up on. Right.
1: Yeah. This episode was as much a type. This is much a type of a Farscape episode as the bugs on the ship. The idea of like go to the planet and help with a transition of power happened. Like, yeah, it's like the fifth or sixth episode that that has happened. Anyway. Yep. Um. In the market, where Gashah and Dargo continue to talk, another clansman tosses an ekmek. Ekmek means bread in
0: Turkish. I thought it meant Tex- Texas Mexican. Oh, wait, that's Tex Mex. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're right. Yeah. That's what Yeah, chilies. You know? Uh <laughs> sorry. There you know, buddy. Uh, the line that I was referring to, the line that I was referring to in the cold open was when Falak, the real bad guy, dies. He has that like weird dumb villain monologue where he's like where Zubat is like, oh man, you, you're a bad ruler. I'm gonna be the ruler, and then he's like, uh, everyone I know is dead. I'm not gonna be judged by you or your pitiful counsel. Is that your father? I hear screaming for mercy, and then he jumps off of a building. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And that's how he dies. He says, "I don't want to get killed. I'm going out. Peace." And then he dies.
1: And there was a split second when he jumped out, and I was like, oh, "This is a big deal." And then I remembered, it's not a big deal. It's not at
0: all vaguely a big deal. No.
1: Ugh. Anyway, that's the background info.
0: Anywho's, it's it's time. For <laughs> people hate this part by the way <laughs> have <laughs> they
1: said they hate it or do you just know that they i did? just know it
0: just their <laughs> silence speaks volumes And our words speak to the ages. It's Planet Netflix, folks, where Magellan reads us the Netflix summaries (laughs) of the next episodes that we're going to watch on Skype chat. Sorry, I should have specified that. He's not just going to read us the Netflix summaries, like for everything, starting with one, two, three, baby, (laughs) going down the alphabet, bones,
1: an awkward forensic anthropologist and arrogant FBI.
0: Together, they find justice in the dead. Is that real? Yeah, I just read it. But, oh my god, I read. Really, I was like, damn, that's awesome. That's really good. Justice in the Dead. Wow, mm-hmm. good band name. Anyway, Netflix, me boyo. How many are we watching next week? We're
1: watching two next week. Yes, we're watching season four, episode ten, Coup by Clam. Clam. Cool, yeah. While quarantined above the planet Cortanan, mm-hmm. the crew find their food's been poisoned and they're being blackmailed in exchange for the antidote. Whew. Okay. Didn't we just do a blackmail antidote episode, like,
0: like a couple eight episodes, episodes, episodes ago? ago? Yeah, we did.
1: Um, anyway, sorry. Season four, episode eleven. Unrealized reality <gasps> sucked inside a wormhole. A being sends Crichton through realities of past events to show how risky it can be to misuse wormhole knowledge. We're having a guest
0: on for that one? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for the guest. You can tell because I just—I was Yay. not sure that it was this one that we're doing it for. Uh, yeah, you know who you are. And we're going to record that very, very soon. So uh, stay tuned next week on Scape Chats for that. Uh, mm-hmm. But first, some housekeeping. You can send emails to scapechats at gmail.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at scapechats, spelled like the show is, you big dummy. I love you, you beautiful scuppy. <laughs> we also have a weekly Reddit thread over you big dummy. You big dumb dumbo. We can also be found on reddit.com slash r slash Farscape every week, where the lovely Farscape community uh, gathers to ask us questions and talk about the weird stuff that we talk about. I don't know. It's great. Is that all? I think. We also have scapechats.tumblr.com. There's an ask box. That was me asking the heavens if there was any more plugs. And finally, if you'd like to follow me, I can be found on Twitter. At Alan Ibrahim, spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. I am a robot. Magellan, what can I do to find you on the internet? Uh, you can
1: find me at just a Fluke. That's J-U-S-T-A-P-F-L-U-K-E. And also, keep your eyes to the sky this month, because I'm working on something. <gasps> rumblings of something else might happen soon
0: something audio based wink wink audio wink auditory <laughs> wink <laughs> <laughs>
1: you just did like a strong bad voice for reason.
0: <laughs> oh hello Ah, uh, this one <laughs> this letter comes i'm doing the whole moya baggis no i'm not that's a bad idea <laughs> that would be hilarious though for yeah, me gosh. and people who like uh what's, whatever that thing's called super super awesome what is Home it homestar Runner. Home star runner star thank runner. you love me some hs hr ah uh, i'm exhausted (laughs) (laughs) this has been scape Chats. i love me some human resource human hr is good for everyone (laughs) and with that that's gonna do it for scape chats this week folks and we have been scape chats finding our way home